Good morning. You all are loved by this old man. Jesus gives us a new commandment, doesn't he? That we should love one another. Well, I found something out about that love. Love never fails. So I thank you for the opportunity this morning. I am both humbled and honored to stand here behind this pulpit to proclaim a message from the Lord to you all. I spend most of my time preaching in prisons and jails, so it might be a little rough, but it'll be from the Lord. Today's text is Esther, chapter 7. And last week, Pastor Jordan left us with a cliffhanger, right? Well, this week, I'll have to leave you with a hanging. So I don't know what else next week. Maybe a big fight. Our sermon title is The Demise of the Deceiver. How God used Esther's banquet of wine to overcome her evil and wicked adversary. So let me pray as we enter in the presence of the Lord with his word. Father, uh, thank you that uh, you hear prayers. Thank you, Lord, that you answer. And this morning we ask you, Lord, for two things. In this little place called Grace Church, would you open our ears to hear what the Spirit says to us this morning? And then would you make us eager to be doers of your word? Oh, Lord, that you would get all the glory, all the glory this morning in Jesus' name. I want to make three statements that would help us uh, best apply today's message from Esther chapter 7. First statement, our God is a sovereign God, and he is in absolute control. You all know that. Even when our situation seems impossible to overcome, God knows and cares. And he invites us to cast all of our cares upon him. For he does care for us. It's like he's speaking. He says, trust me. I got this. Rest in me. You're not alone. I'm going through this with you. That's our great God. And I've heard it in the prayers this morning how uh, we go through trials and tribulations. But listen, God goes with you through it. He didn't go around it to meet you. So remember that as the trials and tribulations of life come up. That's the first thing. The second thing is God breathed every word of this, this Bible, this book. And he's, that means he's breathed Esther chapter 7 for us. And he wants to make it very profitable to us for our doctrine, for our reproof, for our correction, and for our instruction in righteousness. So that leads to my third statement. One of God's instructions we are asked to follow is James 1.22. Be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. 
So I've asked our blessed Holy Spirit this morning to shoot his arrow straight into our hearts concerning this very verse this morning. That we would know the Word of God. That we would believe the Word of God. That we would love the God of the Word. That we would obey the Word of God. And that not selectively. We like to select what we do, right? But I'm asking that he would cause us to have a total obedience to obeying the word of God. In other words, if God says it, do it. Don't question him. He's able to carry you through. Folks, this must affect. This must affect how we live our Christian faith. So, Grace Church. Be ye doers of the word. That's my three statements that will help us today. God is sovereign. God has breathed his word. And we must be doers of the word. And I want to beat that drum several times today. Be doers of the word. You'll hear it tonight when you try to go to sleep. Well, in Esther's day, <clears throat> at her banquet of wine... I call that a strange thing to call a banquet, but that's what she called it. There was a cloud of death looming over Esther and her people. And only because they were Jews. They were all victims of a law the king had enacted. All Jews were to be murdered on Adar the 13th with no exceptions. If you lived in that kingdom, that would be your demise on Adar the 13th. That's somewhere in March. They tell me. So let's get a quick refresher to some of the events leading up to Esther's banquet of wine in chapter 7 of Esther. The first thing was Esther's uncle Mordecai. He was a Jew, but he asked Esther to tell no one that she was a Jew. And the king named Haman to be his second in command, or I call it the straw boss of his whole kingdom. Now, old Mordecai, the Jew, would not acknowledge Haman, one of his ancient foes. Well, Haman would walk by Mordecai and he wouldn't acknowledge him. Haman gets hopping mad about this. He's filled with hatred, lies, and rage. And then Haman sways the king with lies about the Jews to enact one of his laws against them that on Adar the 13th. He would have all the Jews destroyed. Now Esther is a pivotal time in history, believe it or not, for the Jewish race and for us today as we stand here and sit here to worship a living God. It's a pivotal time and we'll see that today. The banquet of wine that happened was a real-time event Life as it happened, it was full of drama, you can imagine. Uh, Esther had no plan B. If her banquet of wine fell, she and her people were doomed to die. She had no pastor to call on and text or whatever, ever how you get in touch with one of the pastors uh, and ask for guidance and prayer. Had no congregation gathered around her to encourage her, to uphold her, like we do here at Grace Church. She was alone, 
but she reaped of God's grace at that banquet as she stood before her king and Haman. So I'll read the verses as we need them today as it feeds the, uh, the message. And we'll start with Esther chapter 6, verse 14, and Esther chapter 7, verse 1, be the first two verses. So please, Grace Church, hear the word of God. Verse 14. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet which Esther had prepared. Verse 7, verse chapter 7, verse 1. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. Well, they all have arrived at the banquet, both guest and Esther. So let's examine these guests. We have the king, King Ahasuerus. Now, King Ahasuerus was a James 1, verse 6 and 8 man. He was tossed about like a wave of the sea. He is unstable in all of his ways. He was swayed by power, by money, by men, by good wine and pretty women. As a king, though, he was a Proverbs 21.1 king. His heart is in the hand of God. But Haman, I'd like to boo, hiss, and stomp here, but I won't. But Haman, he was a most prideful and a very selfish man. He lived life for himself. He bragged on all of his stuff. His mouth was full of lies. His heart was full of hate, rage, and murder. And he was a sniveling, lowly coward. He was under Satan's evil influence. Now Satan planned to use Haman to wipe out the lineage that was prophesied to him in Genesis 3.15. After Satan had tempted man to sin, God took him up and made a promise to him. He said, Satan, I am going to send a seed of woman to bruise your head. And Satan knew that he would be defeated if, he, if the promised seed ever appeared. And he knew that the promised seed was coming through the Jewish race. So can you see the double drama playing out here in Esther 7? It was just not about the Jews that Haman was concerned with. It was also about the promised seed that Satan was concerned with. Haman was Satan's ruthless henchman doing the devil's work. Well, these are Esther's two guests at her banquet of wine. Put yourself in that similar situation. What would you have done? Would you have planned a banquet of wine as your great offense to, over, to defeat your enemy? Or would you have hidden in your closet, shuddering and shaking like a coward, Afraid to confess your faith or face your wicked enemy. I see a lot of that in the Christian land today. Afraid to confess our faith to those around us. 
and let the enemy get his way. We'll hope to change that this morning. Now we have Queen Esther. She was under divine influence at this time. The grace of God was strong upon her. I call it the divine influence. It reflects in a heart. And it reflects the character and conduct of a person. And definitely see it in Esther today. She was humble. This lady was humble in her beauty and her queenly role. She was a Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4 lady, looking out not only for her own interest, but also for the interest of others. And as a Joshua 1, 9 lady, she owned God's command to be bold, to be strong, to be of good courage, to do not be afraid, nor be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We've heard that this morning, hadn't we? Thank you, children, for singing to us that great song. Esther was living the Word of God. Esther was being a doer of the Word. Be bold. Be strong. Do not be afraid. Nor be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. She was a lady of valor. As she faced her wicked enemy face to face. Now she could have faced him today, probably sent him a text or an email, right? No, not then. It was face to face. The enemy was in the same room, eating off the same table with her. He was there. And he, she knew the consequences if she had failed today. Esther was not a quitter or a coward, but she was an overcomer. And thank you for praying that passage this morning. What a lady she was. She was an overcomer. So let's look on there and see what else happens in verse 2. And on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be done. What is your request up to half of the kingdom? It shall be done. <clears throat> well, the king was showing Esther great favor, wasn't she? This is the second time this powerful, busy man uh, had asked his little queen for her petition and her request. So you can see Proverbs 21 there. The God's hand was holding his heart and keeping it soft toward her. He does that for others toward you sometimes. So let's see uh, the, the, the meat on the table this morning is verses 3 through 4. So let's read those for us. Then Queen Esther answered and said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. Had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue. Although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss. Now Esther was very gentle not demanding when she answered her 
husband and king. But, but she was a Joshua 1-9 lady. With boldness and courage. This lady stood there and confessed that she was a Jew. She was 100% Jewish. Therefore, she put herself under the curse of this law that the king had made. If you are a Jew, you will die in this kingdom all the way from India to Ethiopia on Adar to 13. Folks, that took courage. And this is the second time this lady stood bold and strong before the king and faced death. The first time was when she went into his royal throne room. Remember? If I perish, I perish. That took, that took moxie. That took courage, folks. That took valor to go in there twice and do this. She was a lady of valor, you know. And we can see Esther here in her request as she was a Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 lady. She didn't look out for only for her own interest, interest, but she was looking out for the interest of the whole Jewish race. She asked for their lives. Don't even just give me my life, king. Give me their life. I'm requesting that from you. Now Esther was a doer of the Word. She owned that boldness. She owned that courage. She owned that valor as she stood there. She was a doer of the Word, y'all. She was a doer of the Word. Where do you stand with that today in your own life? Are you selective of what you'll obey God with and do? Or are you being total obedient to the Word of God? Anybody can be selective. I'm calling on you to be those people of valor that be total obedience to the Lord. Because her actions must speak to all of us here today. Be doers of the Word. Friday morning, uh, we have a prayer meeting. For years we've been praying together and uh, some men in West Memphis. And we've been praying through Psalms and we got to Psalm 119 and that's sort of a long Psalm so we've been breaking it down to the little alphabet. And this, this Friday morning, it was in Psalm 119, verse 143. Troubles and anguish have found me. Yet, your commandments are my delight. One of the men started praying. God hears our prayers, folks. God enters into our lives. He joins us. Troubles and anguish have found me. They've found you, haven't they? Troubles from outside you didn't ask for, causing anguish to rise up inside where you question and doubt everything. But look what boat this guy climbed in. Yet, the commandments... Oh God, your commandments are my delight. Be ye doers of the word. Seek to know and love and delight 
and the commandments of the Lord. They're all over the scriptures. And they're, they're for us. They're breathed by God for us so we'll know them and have them. That leads us down to verse 5. So King Ahasuerus answered and said to Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he? Who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? Well, man, this news had riled up the king. Who would dare think to kill my beautiful queen? Who would want to murder her? Now the valor comes in, folks. Verse 6. Esther said, The adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. So Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Oh, she stands there. She's, she's not only stood before her king and confessed that she's a Jew and under the curse of a law, a death sentence. Now she looks face to face with her wicked enemy. That close, mano to mano. She's not doing it long distance. This is a little pretty woman by herself. All she had is God. Was he enough? Is he enough for you today? She points her finger at him. We all have an enemy. We all have an evil adversary. Do you let him beat you around? Or do you point him out to your king? King, this is my wicked enemy. Man, with this news, the king's face turns beat red with rage and wrath rises to a boiling point. His second in command, his straw boss, is the one who has murder in his heart for my queen. What have I done? As his, his face turns red, Haman's face turns white with terror. For he has made both the king and the queen his mortal enemy. Hooray for Queen Esther's banquet of wine. Let that be your voice crying out. But you tell the Lord, point your king, point to the king, point, point out your enemy to the king. Let him do what he does. Well, look at verse 7. Then the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther pleading for his life. For he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. Man, the king steps into the garden to cool down before he strokes out, they would say. This wicked Haman, though, who once boasted in his power to have all the Jews slaughtered. Look at him. He's over here now begging a Jewish lady. For his life. Man, how quick God turns the tables. He is sovereign. He was carrying her through this. He wasn't leaving her by herself. Our God is sovereign. 
He's all up in His children's business. He's all up in your business, children of God. He will go with you through all your troubles and anguishes of life. That's true. Test Him. Try Him. Prove Him. Cast all your care upon Him and let Him have it. Don't hold on to it. Give it to Him. But let's finish up this chapter, verses 8-10. through 10. When the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, Haman had fallen across the couch where Queen Esther was. Then the king said, Will he also assault the queen while I am in the house? As the word left the king's mouth, they covered his face. Now Herbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. The king, then the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. Well, Esther has now become an overcomer. Where is her enemy? The king has dispatched him. Haman has met his demise. Her king hangs him on his own gallows. That's a just demise for the wicked adversary and deceiver. The activity of Esther's unseen guest at her banquet was the God of Abraham. And it made her banquet of wine an absolute success. And we can praise the Lord for that today. Well, that's the end of the banquet of wine. But it's not the end of the story. You see, the promised seed will appear. Now I have uh, boiled this down to two applications or encouragement. If it is your aim to be well-pleasing to God today. <clears throat> Who Esther was. Esther was a Joshua 1-9 lady. Esther was a Philippians 2, 3 and 4 lady. Esther was a lady of valage, uh, valor, I'm sorry. Oh, what courage this lady had. And Esther was an overcomer. I pray, Lord, please let this encourage us not to quit, not to give up, not to be slackers. When we are assaulted by the deceits and lies of the wicked enemy, Jesus has promises for those who overcome. In Revelations chapter 2 and 3, He has seven promises to those who hear what the Spirit says to the churches and obeys. That is, to overcome. I'm only going to use one of them. It says in Revelation 3, 21 and 22, 
And I want you to listen to the promise. Listen for the promise and see if you can see the plumb line here. I forgot to bring my plumb line this morning, but you hold it up and make sure everything's straight, okay? Jesus speaking. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Did you hear the promise? If Miss Asha was sitting here, she would say promise. Name it out. Promise to the overcomer. Jesus said, I will grant the overcomer to sit with me on my throne. The plumb line. Just as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. Jesus Himself was a doer of the Word. And not with select obedience, but with total obedience. Make it your aim, people. Make it your aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord in this. Be an overcomer. Be an overcomer. Now, I've hit that drum several times this morning. I hope, I hope it just resounds in your heart and spirit and soul that you would be an overcomer. Christ was an overcomer. I'll be an overcomer. So uh, our final application or encouragement. Now, please listen like your life depends on it. It does. That law and Esther put all the Jews in the kingdom under the curse of death, right? Why? Just because they were Jews. Now they, they didn't have anything to say about being born a Jew, did they? But they were still under the death sentence of that law. Now folks, there's a greater law. It also has a death curse to all who are born sinners. This is God's law. It was written some 1,000 years before this law was written. It was written in stone. It means it won't be changed. God says, He who breaks my law is a sinner. And must die. Now folks, we are born sinners. Ever since Satan tempted Adam and Eve to sin. That's our nature now. We're sinners by nature. We're born that way. God hates sin. And I want to tell you something. Today, a lot of y'all have sinned. Most of us, all of us have sinned probably. But once sin is committed, it cannot be gathered back. It comes and demands its wages. And the wages of your sin is death. That is a total separation, body and spirit, from the goodness of God for all eternity. This is very, very bad news for the sinner. Sinners, this is very, very bad news. But can we remember... In this bad, stormy, dark time and the law hanging over us, can we remember the promised seed of woman? Galatians 4.4 fills us in a little bit. 
when he says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoptions as sons. The promised seed of woman has appeared in that little town of Bethlehem through the Jewish race, the family of David. And the angel said, you call that baby Jesus. You call that baby Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Folks, this is very good news. Is it good news to you, man, woman, boy, girl that's been saved? Jesus has saved you from your sin. Listen, it's a total salvation. Jesus saves us from our sin. He saves us from the guilt of sin. The instant one becomes a Christian, a believer, Jesus says, all of his sin will now be charged to my account. And I put my coat of righteousness which I earned by not sinning around Him. What a friend. What a friend you have in Jesus. Saved sinner. What a friend you have in Jesus. He not only saves from the guilt of sin, He saves from the punishment of sin. When sin comes to demand its wages, Jesus steps in and says, I will take that punishment. I will pay those wages for your sin. I'll drink it down to the last drop. I won't leave any for you you to suffer. What a friend. What a friend we have in this Jesus. Do you know Him? Is He yours? Do you want Him? Can you have Him? Jesus saves from the guilt of sin, from the power, from the punishment of sin and from the power of sin. The Christian gets a new heart. The old heart is ripped out. That heart of stone that all it knew how to do was sin. And the heart of flesh was put in. What an operation. Where a man was a hater, he is now able to love. Where a man is a liar, he now loves the truth. Where a man was a thief, he's now as honest. For a man was a blasphemer with his tongue. He now praises the God of heaven. All things become new. All things become new. You're a new creature. Oh, the seed of woman has bruised Satan's head. And he's disarmed him also. He's given us total salvation, this Jesus does. He gives total salvation. How do I get this salvation? Some may ask. But I tell you something all of you better ask. How do I get this salvation? For without it, you face the same fate as Haman faced. You face the same fate that Satan himself will face without this salvation. There's no other name under heaven. No other name under heaven by which a man can be saved than that of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, you don't get this salvation just by knowing it in your head. All of us have been told the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
the, the person He is, God in the flesh, and the work He's done on the cross as our substitute. The devil knows this, and he trembles about it, but he will spend eternity in hell. So you can know about it. That's not getting it, you got it? That's not getting it. You got to get it. And I've talked to some of y'all uh, on and on about Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It says this, that the, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus is Lord. Now how does this happen? The blessed Holy Spirit the blessed Holy Spirit comes and He makes a spiritually dead man spiritually alive. And He gives the gift of faith that, that He can take what you know and put it down in your heart and own it as your own. Salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, adoption as sons, belonging to God forever and ever. This is called a divine work of grace. Grace, for by grace are you saved. Divine influence upon a heart that reflects in godly character and holy conduct. That's good news, lost sinners. Good news. And today can be the day of salvation. Don't wait for tomorrow. God didn't promise you a tomorrow. He's given you today. Today can be a day of salvation. Pray that the Holy Spirit would make you alive and give you faith. Parents, Pray for your children that the Holy Spirit would make them alive and give them the gift of faith that they would call on Him and be saved. They would look unto Jesus and be saved. But to us Christians, oh, to us Christians today, you can become a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Look unto Jesus, Christian. Look unto Jesus and be conformed to His image. Father, I'm asking You this morning, Holy Spirit, make the dead alive. Give them faith. Holy Spirit, make the people of, of God here obedient to be doers of the Word. And Lord, we're asking You to do it in the blessed name. In the blessed and holy name of the seed of woman, of the one who's defeated Satan, of the one who died on the cross, the one who is a sinner's friend, the one who's the king of glory, the one who sits there at the throne right now as the high priest of heaven, the king of kings, the great apostle Jesus Christ. Amen.